Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Sounding podcast. This is Brian, joined by John, as always. John, how are you doing on this fine evening? Oh, it's just super fantastic, as always. Yeah, everything's great. I love it. Love everything. Life, <laughs> football, beacon great. of happiness over here all the time. Yeah. Um. So Brad has some other obligations, so he will not be around for this one. So it'll just be Brad and John this time. Nope, not Brad. Brian, you, you called yourself by the wrong name. Did I? No. You <laughs> said Brad and John. I don't know. I'm very sad. The Panthers the Panthers really disappointed me on Sunday. Yeah, it not not a great look for the podcast after we were like, hey, we can just preview the Giants and Panthers game by making fun of the Giants and then they just like steamrolled the Panthers. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um <laughs> the game started off disastrously, as we all expected. So, you know. It's the Panthers I mean, scored. The, the, it started okay. Like the Panthers had the long drive down for a field goal. Like, not you know, you probably would like to not score. You like to kick, uh, you know, score touchdowns and stuff. But like, you know, you take a, you take points on the first drive. I think they said that on the broadcast that it was the first time the Giants had given up points on an opponent's opening drive all season. So that's like that's that a win. That positive. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just proceeded to score more points for the Giants than for themselves for the rest of the game. Yep. Panthers scored three points to begin the game, then they allowed 25 unanswered points. And the so offense allowed two. So the offense scored more for the Giants than for the Panthers after that first drive. Yep. A little, yeah. You want to do a little, little uh, read Panthers drive results? Because I know people like that. Yep, after the field goal, we go, quick. we go punt, safety, punt, interception, punt, 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 downs, downs. That's a healthy that, offense right there. It is the offense right there. Yep. And uh, Sam Darnold ended the game with 16 completions off of 25 attempts, 112 yards, and one interception. Not great. Not very good. And uh, the Panthers, after talking about how they were going to devote themselves to running the football, they ran the ball 17 times, and they threw the ball 39 times. So I think Matt Rule was just bullshitting us on that one. I mean, they started off running the ball. Like, they, I think they talked, again, they talked better than they, I think they had like seven runs on the first drive. Yep. And then ran it like nine times the rest of the game. I guess ten times the rest of the game. And one of those was a scramble by B.J. Walker. So, yep. yeah. Nine times for the rest of the game. Yeah. Which, no, you know, great. you know, so here's the thing to, to kind of like, because this is my alley with it. Uh, and it didn't really matter with the Giants because they were bad in both aspects. But, like, I remember thinking during the Vikings game where I was like, you know, maybe it would be worth it to run it more because the, they are, cause Sam Donald is so ineffective throwing the ball that, like, you know, you might honestly be more likely to at least, like, move the ball forward occasionally on a given play than you would by throwing the ball. Like, Sam Donald, for the last, like, four games, is averaging, like, five yards a pass attempt, if that. And he really wasn't terrible with the uh, against the Cowboys. The Eagles is where the, the decline really started, and then yeah. it just went straight downhill from there. 
Um, I mentioned this last night on the uh, Falcoholic Live show, but Darnold is just regressing, like just straight up. He's he's going backwards and like rapidly, and it's like extremely. And by the way, it's the last three games he's averaging four point eight yards per pass attempt. But God it, yeah, damn, Ugh. so bad. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and. This particular game against the Giants, there were at least three different times where I saw a very, very open check down for what should have been an easy first down, which were passes that he was hitting in the first three games when McCaffrey was healthy. He was throwing those passes with no problem to McCaffrey. So it's not like it's not like he's not capable of doing that. It's just the conundrum is, okay, well, why is he not doing that now? And Chuba is not the best receiver out of the backfield. Like he's definitely dropped his fair share of passes, but like when the guy is standing in the flat with like five yards of space for a two yard first down, like you got to hit him there at that point. And instead Darnold is trying to get the ball 15 yards down the field, to Robbie Anderson. And it almost seems like he's trying too hard at this point. Like mm-hmm. uh, it kind of reminds me of uh cam back in the early years of his career where like cam was trying too hard because the rest of the team around him was letting him down. It's kind of not to say it's the same situation because cam was still playing out of his mind mo- many games, but it just kind of seems like Darnold is trying way too hard to like move to like be the offense to lead the offense when like you can just throw a check down, get a first down and live to fight another three downs. Yeah, and it's like, and I don't know. He's just like his confidence is clearly gone. Um, just the body language. Like I even I said it uh, about the Vikings game, and then it kind of came back again. Like the body language is like so much different. Like there's no, there's no like assertiveness. There's no like hitting the back of his drop and delivering a ball. There's no like poise with anything. It is just like drop back, like shuffle around, like. It almost looks like he's not even do like going through progressions. It almost looks like he's just like taking the snap and like looking around and hoping to see somebody open. I know that's probably not what's actually happening, but that's kind of like what it looks like from you know watching it on TV. Like people are coming open, but he's not throwing it until after. Like he's not even like considering throwing it until after they're open. So it's almost like he doesn't know what route they're running, and he's just like waiting to see it come open before he throws it but then when he does see it come open he like hesitates because he wants to like doubly make sure it's open and then by that point it's not anymore and then he doesn't know what to do with it and he gets sacked obviously the offensive line not being good doesn't help but it's also being made to look a lot worse than it is because of this lack of like fluidity in the offense in the passing game in particular yeah, Jake Delhomme mentioned this in his interview with the Charlotte Observer, but it doesn't seem like Darnold is throwing with anticipation anymore. And no. it's not something that where like he can't do that. Like we've seen it. Like against the Vikings with Ian Thomas on that fourth down and long to put the Panthers back into position to try and tie the game up. Like he threw that pass with plenty of anticipation. Like he made that throw to Ian Thomas deep down the field only where Ian Thomas could have caught it, like it was perfect. So it's not like he can't do that. It's just that he's not. And his fundamentals seem off, like his foot, his footwork has not been great recently. Um, overall, it's just, I just can't, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know if it's, if it's just him being in his head, if it's that 
he's not comfortable, if it's that he's not on the same page with his receivers. I just, it's, it's a very complex issue. I don't think there's any one right answer to what's wrong with Darnold right now. Do you know what I think the big part of it is? And it's kind of a, and it, I think it's somewhat, I don't know, like damning for his long-term prospects. Um, he's played best all season when there were no expectations. Um, so like the first three, you know, he comes out, he come, he joins the Panthers, no expectations. It's Sam Darnold, new environment, nothing to lose. Like, what are you going to do? Everybody already thinks very, very lowly of you as a player. And then the Panthers win a couple games. And then there starts to be this, like, are the Panthers actually good? And then they play a good team and he starts to kind of falter. And then instead of kind of like bouncing back from that, bouncing back from that, like faltering, he's like, it's compounded itself. Um, and then it kind of, you kind of see that like a microcosm of that in the Vikings game where as the game goes on, when like the game is on the line, so to speak, he's horrible. And then when the Panthers are down by like whatever it was two touchdowns late or like late in the game, when it was kind of like do or die, if, you know, backed up on your own two yard line, like, you know, nobody's expecting you to drive down the field and score. And then in that situation, he was able to like make a bunch of plays and play with confidence. And then we come back new week, fresh, clean slate expectations of being able to win again. And it's gone again. So it's almost like, and I see this is, this isn't like uncommon at all. You see, I see that you see this a lot at like high levels of sports where it mentality is very important, where players just kind of like whittle in situations where their performance matters, but they're a lot better when there aren't, where there isn't the pressure of expectations or the pressure of like their performance making a difference, you know, whether it be like playing for, you know, like playing for a good team or trying to win games and stuff like that. Yeah, it could be that. I, also just think that offense or defenses have figured out the Panthers offense. Um, and they know that the, the pass rush is going to get there. I think they're sitting on routes and making Darnold kind of uh, either make a really good throw or wait for it to open up as well. And that's mm. causing problems. So yeah. as far as there the was, defense goes, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. oh there's, there's one play and I can't even remember now if it was the Vikings or the giants where Sam Darnold was like, and that, this is the last name I Sam Darnold. I think Brandon Zilstra was the third down, and Brandon Zilstra had like inside leverage on a defensive back, and nobody in the middle of the field, and he had an in-breaking route, and it was just like uncontested catch basically. And Sam Darnold was looking at him, but he like instead of throwing it as Zilstra started his break, he was like, he hasn't turned yet, I can't throw it to him, and he like took his eyes down and like fumbled around and got sacked. And it's like all you gotta do is just let that ball go. You've got all sorts of room to put that ball on Silstra for an easy first down conversion. All you have to do is just throw it like as he's coming out of his break and Darnold didn't want to do it. Yes. As as, in the last point, really though, as, as much as uh, fans have really shitted on the offensive line, our, uh, Mm -hmm. our resident hog Molly expert, Eric has said that the, the, the protection in the giants game was actually pretty good up until the point where it's like, okay, the Panthers have to throw the ball. So hard to blame the offensive line completely for Sam Darnold's deterioration. It's definitely something that he needs to work on himself. We'll see if he can turn it around this week. Um, as far as the defense goes, the defense I felt did okay. I mean, it, it, 
we're back in that classic situation where the defense is doing everything they can and the offense is just completely letting them down. And you can't expect this defense to win a, a football game for you like that. They just can't. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's one of, like they, they kind of let up at the end, but like it, it's one of those things where they can only like hold for something. Like they limited the Giants to 4.5 yards per play. The, that which is basically like for over the course of a season would be the best in the league if they held every team to 4.5 yards per play all season long. So like the Giants weren't moving the ball. They just got so many opportunities to move the ball that like eventually, you know, you can't stop another NFL team every single time unless you're one of like the best defenses of all time. And this defense is like, it's very good. But you know, when the other teams are getting so many possessions because the offense is going three and out every drive, like they're eventually going to have, they're going to eventually break at points. Yep. And Carolina's special teams didn't help with that either. They punted seven times for an average of 36.9 yards per punt. That's not good. That is not how you flip the field. No. The Giants, I felt like every possession was at least at the 50 for the Giants for the most part. Sure seemed like it. Yeah. And that's just when your offense is struggling, if you're just constantly trying to battle your way out of your own territory, like deep in your own territory, that's just not good. Puts a lot of pressure on the offense. So overall, that was just a total shit show for Carolina. We're past at this point, I guess. Hopefully it's just that Sam Darnold showed up in New York and uh, saw ghosts again. And hopefully it's going to be better against the Falcons. I will say after talking with the Falcon, the Falcoholic, on the Falcoholic Live, their defense is not good. Very not good. So this is definitely the opportunity for Sam Darnold to have a bounce back game. I just want to share one other thing. Uh, the Panthers defense is second in the NFL in defensive drive success rate. Basically meaning like the percentage of drives that like, I don't even, I don't but yeah. Uh, they're stopping teams very, very frequently, more than pretty much every team in the NFL. Um, and that's kind of held through this point in the season. The problem being, uh, like I said, the amount of drives that other teams are getting because the offense is not having a good time. No, and uh, they had a very good fourth. Uh, they had a really good stand in the on the goal line against the the Giants and you know that's something that's that's very good obviously but when your defense is on the field as many drives as they are they're going to the, the fact that they've managed to continue to keep that percentage high I'm assuming it has something to do with uh points allowed or maybe number of downs allowed etc but when you're on the field that much there it's something's going to give eventually like you you can't expect the secondary to cover you can't expect the pass rush to get after the quarterback every time. They only had two sacks, and it seems like the mass protect or the uh, max protect strategy is working as far as throwing the football against Carolina. So, I think it's stopping the sacks, but it is. I mean, like I said, the defense still has been pretty good. I think it's just kind of changing the way they need to succeed. But it is kind of opening the door for like the occasional big play to yep. to break the defense. Which, to add on to what I was saying while you were talking, I was looking at more stats. The average line of scrimmage that the defense faces is the 32-yard line. 
on their own 32-yard line, uh, which is 30th in the NFL behind the Jets and Washington. So basically, turnovers and yeah, turnovers and uh, yards, like just not gaining yards. Like Carolina is 29th in the NFL in yards per drive, and um, (laughs) and 23rd in turnovers per drive. So like that's yeah, I mean like, and then with how bad the punting's been, especially since Charlton's been hurt, like the defense is getting like you said, felt like the Giants every drive was starting like you could see the logo on the screen every time they started a drive. Their mid the midfield logo. Yep, and uh, definitely not going to be helped if they decide to bench him for PJ Walker because Walker <laughs> wasn't really any better on Sunday. So yeah. I'd be interested to see him with like a whole week of prep. But I mean, like three for fourteen is not uh you know confidence and expire inspiring. No, he at least was more exciting with his lack of success because he was he was like pushing the ball down the field. He just was pushing the ball down the field like a couple yards wide of his wide receivers. Yeah. The receivers opposed- still yeah, the receivers still need to get their shit together. At least anyone not named DJ Moore. Yeah. Who's also had his moments of needing to get his shit together, but more so the others. Specifically Robbie Anderson. Most specifically Robbie Anderson, yeah. Yeah, I think he's the most targeted receiver on the team. Has he gotten to that point? I haven't. I didn't look at the targets because yeah, I know DJ he, like target dominated the targets in the first couple of weeks. DJ had ten on Sunday. Anderson had nine. Um, no, Anderson, DJ still has like a pretty commanding lead for targets for the season, but I think in more recent weeks, it's pro- Robbie. I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie has more. Robbie had like I think Robbie's had at least ten in the last three games. Like, this this season, Robbie Anderson has 18 catches on 49 targets. Yeah, that's just insane. Like <laughs> so bad. Like I know that Darnold has missed him on a few, but he's definitely dropped his fair share too. Uh, there have been definitely a few times where Anderson had an opportunity to make a catch on a very awkward throw. But when you're you know the highest paid receiver in the receiver room, you should be making more of those catches than not. Yeah. It's it's kind of like we talk about with the the um the Darnold like offensive line thing like you do not get you should not you like at this level of sports everybody's good and that includes like when you're like kind of like managing your expectations for somebody or kind of like evaluating how good or bad a player is the the there should not be caveats for the most part of like well, if his situation was good, he would be good. Because if you need a good situation to be a good player, then you're not a good player. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what, like, separates the good NFL players from the bad NFL players, is that bad NFL players need good things around them to be good. Good NFL players are just good. And so, yep. that's the same with Sam Darnold. Like, if Darnold's bad because the offensive line is bad, it's because Darnold is not good enough to play in a non-ideal situation. And then, like, that's says for Robbie Anderson. Like, if Robbie Anderson, you can't say, well, some of the balls aren't, like, hitting him between the numbers. It's like, you're an NFL receiver. If you're a good NFL receiver, you're catching balls that don't hit you between the numbers. Because if that's all you can catch, then you're not a good receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, want to get on to the Falcons game? Yeah, we, should we just make misery. fun of the Falcons? Because, like, that went so well for us as let's, a podcast. Let's not do that, yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, I will say, so 
anyone not paying attention to other teams in the NFC South. Matt Ryan's playing out of his fucking mind right now. To be fair, to be fair, uh, their last three games are or like are the are Washington, the Jets, and the Dolphins. So like, we lost to the Giants, John. But we can't make that argument. Well, the Panthers are bad. Okay, so that doesn't really uh, matter. And he also they scored seventeen points against the Giants. So like, they didn't really play well against the Giants either. Huh, maybe the Giants are just good. But but. To to like to my point the like because I have football outsiders up already because I was looking up those other stats, mm-hmm. um those three teams that they have beat where Matt Ryan's played well are the twenty fifth, twenty eighth, and twenty ninth ranked defenses in the NFL, and past defenses they are twenty sixth, twenty ninth, and twenty eighth. So pretty interesting. So they beat up bad teams. Beat up the worst teams. Yeah. Except for Jacksonville, who's the worst at like literally everything. <laughs> yeah, that this is definitely the best defense the Falcons have come up against since the season started. So that's their schedules. The yeah, their schedules kind of weird. And I don't know. And I think I've said this on another show, but it just feels like the NFL has a lot of like, I don't know. This season's been weird in that like my instant reaction when I see a team on a schedule is like that team's not that good. Except for like I don't know, like six teams. Like normally, there's like these different tiers of like that's not that's a loss, and like that team's okay, that team's like kind of okay. Like they're you know they have their moments, and then there's like bad teams. It feels like this season there's just like the Bills and the Packers and the Cowboys, and and then it's just like and some other teams like that, and then it's just like everybody else is trash. And yeah, so like. I mean- the Saints the Falcons, and the Seahawks was a real stinker on Monday. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I'm looking at their schedule. Like, they played the Buccaneers, who are good, but then it's like Eagles bad, Giants bad, Washington bad, Jets bad, Dolphins bad, Panthers bad, Saints bad. Like, it's just like, just bad teams playing other bad teams everywhere. Yeah. Which I know that's... doesn't make any sense, because bad is relative, but it just, I don't know. For some reason, it just seems like so many teams have these weird, like, flaws and they're getting they're, I don't know if it's because they're getting blown out more often by the good teams but there just doesn't feel like a lot of parity right now this season at least yeah might have been the the reduction of the salary cap I think that might have fucked over some teams yeah <laughs> definitely the Saints 100% and the Falcons <laughs> actually at that too yeah and then so they're like the the Falcons are three and three but they have a negative 41 point differential oh my god I didn't realize it was that bad. Holy shit. Well, their their first two games, they lost really bad. Like, they got killed by the Eagles, and they got killed by the Bucks in the first two weeks of the season. And then they basically, like, played come, they played four straight one-score games against bad teams since then. So, and they're 3-1 and one in those games. Oh, well, maybe Carolina can put up some points on them. Fuck, we'll see. Uh, I, let's not go that far. Like, we need to maintain some credibility talking crazy stuff. Like, the Panthers might actually be able to move the ball and score points. Like... Yeah, that's true. That's I not that the Giants defense is like terrible, but the fact that the offense looked as bad as it did against the Giants, like the Giants are like a mediocre ish to bad defense and the Panthers like made them look like the Super Bowl winning Giants. And kind of like you talk about with that Bears game from like fifteen years ago. Um <laughs> until until they like show any sort of life against 
any sort of defense, like I'm not going to expect them to play well. Um, even if it's against a really bad defense like the Falcons, who are one of the worst in the league. Speaking of that, I uh, just just a, a little off tangent, but uh, that year I think it was 2018 when mm-hmm. they lost to the Bears. Uh, that was when I started picking against the Panthers every time they played, and uh, this year I picked for the Panthers for the most part up until the loss to the Eagles. And then I started picking against them. And I was the only person in a 40 person pick em league that picked the, the Panthers to lose to the giants. <laughs> and I, so I was, I was successful. I, I was really I, yeah. smart because they lost real bad. <laughs> not, not only did, did they lose, they like emphatically lost for you. Yes. So that was cool. I got the shout out <laughs> on the Facebook post about it. So that was cool. Um, always, always love to be shouted out on the Facebook posts. But sorry, so, I kind of went off on a tangent. But Matt Ryan, yeah, in the last three games, 320 yards per game, eight touchdowns, one interception. He's, he has played well. And part of that is Kyle Pitts, of yes. course, coming up again. Of course, coming up to Carolina, Kyle Pitts finally now looks like the freak that we all expected him to be. So that's good. He he was borderline unstoppable against the Dolphins last week. Yeah, his his last two games, he has uh, 16 catches on 18 targets, like talking about Robbie Anderson's catch rate, uh, for 282 yards and a touchdown. So 141 yards per game, 17.6 yards per catch. Yeah, that's like Travis Kelsey-level numbers right there. That is so. beyond Travis Kelsey-level yeah. numbers. That is like, that. I mean, that's like, you know, best wide receiver in the NFL. I guess that's Travis Kelsey's put up numbers similar to that. But yeah, that's, I think the reason I say that is because it's kind of a different way than Travis Kelsey. Cause Kyle Pitts is much, is more of a like speed athlete than Kelsey is. Kelsey's a little bit more uh, old school Physical. with like the size. Yeah. Physicality and size and stuff. Kyle Pitts is basically a giant wide receiver. Yep. Just making insane catches too. And this, this is the game where, I think we're going to really miss J.C. Horn because I think that if he was around, the game plan would be J.C. Horn is going to be on Kyle Pitts wherever he is because Horn was playing all over the field when he was healthy. Mm -hmm. So now I think that we put Jeremy Chin on Kyle Pitts and we just hope for the best. (laughs) Yeah, I think you... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, let you finish your thought. Oh, just because that's the best they have. I mean... Dante Jackson's not going to cover him. AJ Boye's definitely not going to cover him. Shaq Thompson will get his lunch eaten by Kyle Pitts. Even with Shaq Thompson playing out of his mind the first three games, like he's not going to be covering Kyle Pitts so well. And uh, even if Stephon Gilmore somehow plays, I don't think that he can match up against Kyle Pitts. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the the long and short of it is that Kyle Pitts is very good. But I do think, like... But I do think you're on, like, philosophically, you're right, though. I think you game plan for him as a wide receiver that sometimes lines up close to the offensive line. Like, if at all possible, you try to get defensive backs on him because nobody, no linebacker is going to keep up with him. Yeah, I think this is the game where you deploy more of the big nickel shit, especially yeah. since Justin Burris will be back. Like, you can put Justin Burris and uh, either... Sam Franklin or Sean Chandler back as the two safeties and you just have Jeremy Chin kind of just shadow Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts everywhere and you just hope for the best. 
Yeah. It's, kind of, it's not like Jeremy Chin's been having a bad season. He's just been overshadowed by the fact that the defense as a whole is much better than last year. And he was really good uh, against the Giants. Um, yes, like he, he kind of he he stood out as like a very as kind of the best player on the defense um, this past Sunday. I don't know, be a good week for him to do that again. Um, Calvin Ridley is pretty good too. Yeah, that one worries me because every time Calvin Ridley and Dante Jackson have squared up, Calvin Ridley's kind of a uh, taking him to church. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. Um, he's been not as like explosive this year, but it's, I don't know. It feels like one of those things where Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball to him like, like 15 times and he'll break a couple and end up with like eight catches for like 130 yards. I hope so. Cause he's on my fantasy team. I don't care about your fantasy team, Brian. This week I have to, I have to bank on Calvin Ridley and Robbie Anderson as my two receivers. So I have to bank on a Panthers Falcons <laughs> game for, fantasy performance which is a very scary prospect rooting for a shootout yeah with with i guess i don't know if you consider calvin ridley he probably would still be considered the go-to guy and at least until kyle pitts has a couple more games of just ruining everybody but um i think in practical in a practical sense you're basically rooting for a shootout in which the team's second best options at receiver are both going off yes and it's the Panthers and the Falcons, so like, yeah, totally. There, you never know what to well. expect. We we <laughs> might see Cordarel Patterson rush for two hundred yards, and we might see Chuba Hubbard rush for one hundred and fifty in this game. I would not be surprised know. if Cordarel Patterson ran for two hundred yards against the Panthers. Not that they are like bad, obviously, because they've been very very good against the run. But like, I don't know. Cordarel Patterson's just one of those guys that's like, he he feels like his success is completely independent of how good the team he's playing is. Like he could well, do nothing against a bad team and then come back the next week and average like 20 yards per touch against a really good defense. Yeah. I mean, he's out running Mike Davis right now, or at least they're well, that's their not production. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Mike <laughs> Davis was their big free agency pickup though. So. I know, but Mike, I mean, Mike Davis really rode off how well he started here. Like when he came in, when he filled in for McCaffrey, cause, um, you know, you know, first impressions, you know, kind of last through anything. Mike Davis, like, got out to, like, came out of the gates hot and then basically was, like, completely ineffective for most of the season. But everybody kind of, like, didn't notice that because they were just like, yeah, Mike Davis doing a great job filling in for Christian McCaffrey. And it's like, yeah, yeah it helps not really. Running back catches, like, 10 passes because then it makes everyone think he's doing pretty good because his fantasy score looks good. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, he had, he averaged, like, three and a half yards a carry after, like, the first couple games that he started. I will say Phil Snow made a mention of something, which is that the Falcons run a wide zone when they're uh, running the ball, which is something Carolina is not very good against. So that could be a problem on Sunday. Did, did he specifically say it's not something we're very good against? He said we need to be better against it. <laughs> I, I do like that. I, I like yeah. that he was honest about that. Yeah. Um, that kind of. I mean, that's kind of how we lost. Like, that's kind of how, what helped the Vikings put the game away when they were trying to not put it away. And then what, how we basically lost the Eagles was – them stretching the field horizontally yeah. uh, on some out, like, and especially when they went to the quarterback and then they, the Giants had success with the quarterback runs outside, which I don't know, going out on a limb here, probably not going to be an issue against the Falcons, but you never know. Eh. I mean, Matt Ryan's got plenty of good pocket presence or awareness. So I mean, we'll I'm sure he'll, goes. he can scramble um, occasionally. I'm not, 
expecting them to call like a read option where Matt Ryan goes. Oh off no, I, I wasn't saying that either. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's like one of those things where like, even if they completely fool the Panthers defense and like do do a designed run for Matt Ryan, he's going to like get to the line of scrimmage before literally any defender can just run him down from behind and tackle him. I'm treading in, treading into making fun of the Falcons' water right now, and I know that's going to go poorly because we should not what do we that. Just talked about, yeah. <laughs> Be respectful. Um, I will say that the my conversation with the Falcoholic live about their defense, they are very, very down on their defense, even As with they Grady Jarrett. Yeah, which bad. Yeah, I mean Grady Jarrett's good, and I know he's going to throw around the Panthers' interior offensive line like it's nothing. So we'll see how that goes, but that this is, I guess if there's any game where you lean on the rushing game to uh, help open up the passing game, this is the one I would think. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, like I said, kind of earlier in the show, like I've, you've really broken me as like a football person when you've got me saying like, maybe they should just run the ball more. Um, but that's kind of where the Panthers offense has put us. And then the Falcons defense is kind of, is is definitely one that could be targeted in that regard. I mean, not that they're good against the pass either, but I think we've kind of like, like I said, the pass is pretty bad no matter who they're playing. So maybe let, let's let's ride Chuba for a little bit and see if he can, because uh, he's shown like in the preseason and then in some of his carries this year that he can break carries, like big carries, um, if he gets enough opportunities. Yeah, and I think that this is the game too where you really try to, get some more check downs in there. Not, not like slants, not like stop routes. Cause those are the, the routes that defenses are settling on. But like, let's send Robbie Anderson down the middle of the field a little bit, maybe take a couple shots at him just to keep the defense honest. But Darnold really needs to be watching those, those check downs to make the, make moving the ball easier. Cause if all of a sudden the Panthers are running the ball a ton, the Falcons are just going to sell out on it. And that's just going to cause another issue. Cause then the Panthers will be forced to throw the ball anyway. So, really frustrating thing watching the Panthers offense with this yeah they've kind of they've boxed themselves in pretty badly like because they're not threatening defenses with the run and they're also not threatening defenses like over the top and so basically they're just like if you just put a wall of people like exactly six yards down the field we just said we were out of ideas yep out of ideas And especially because the execution is, and it's a lot of it's, I mean, some of it's like situational play calling and a lot of, but a lot of it's like execution. Like we talked about where like, if the Panthers are sending guys deep and there's the easy check down to pick up five to 10 yards and we're missing that either by dropping it or throwing it over the running back's head. Like that's, it's just impossible to sustain drives that way. Well, the Panthers did bring in a wide receiver, former St. Willie Sneed. For on the practice squad earlier. Former this Panther, week. Willie Sneed. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck. I forgot. Now that hurts. Uh, um, <laughs> um, but theoretically, you got him. You got Robbie Anderson if they both play. You got two guys who can stretch the ball deep a little bit. Defense has got to respect that. So it could work. I mean, I remember when he was with the the Saints, it was kind of like a man. We let that one get away because he had a couple really good years with the Saints, and then he went to Baltimore. And it's like, ah, oh, never mind. Maybe it's not that big a deal. Um, the Drew Brees effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had almost a thousand yards his first year with the Saints. 
Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that makes a huge difference. Is Terrence Marshall supposed to be back, isn't he? Uh, he's recovered from his brain damage from Sam Darnold. From Sam Darnold specific, like directly, yes. Uh, no, he's well, Sam Darnold he's, threw him into that hit. So. Yeah. He's yeah. still not practicing, so I would be surprised if he played. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. I think that's part of why they brought Snead in. Because they they have uh, a couple. They have like three people on the practice squad anyway who are wide receivers. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever I, actually, aside from, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Keith Kirkwood. Aside oh, yeah. from Keith Kirkwood, I don't know if anybody else on the practice squad was actually going to have any chance of being elevated. So yeah, uh, Keith Kirkwood had himself an okay, you know, like he didn't put up anything statistically, but I liked the, the physicality he played with on like his three catches. By the way, I pulled up the Panthers injury report and a video auto played in my ear, like really loudly. And it like scared the shit out of me. I didn't know where it was and where it was coming from. Didn't know that was I'm a glad thing you're anymore. safe, John. I didn't know that. I didn't know like audio play videos were a thing anymore. Yeah, they it's oh, like yeah. it's like at the bottom of the page too. Like like the stuff I was looking at was like I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah, quickly... NFL.com does that to me. Yeah, it's the Panthers. If I'm website. looking at a computer. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was like I'm like pulled up the Panthers website to look at the injury report and like halfway down the page is like a video of Young Way Koo kicking an extra or kicking a game winning field goal. I'm like furiously looking at all my tabs to see which one has the audio playing to try to stop it. Could not hear a word you were saying. Um anyway. Yeah, Terrace Marshall's probably not going to play. Uh, Davion Nixon's also now out. For the season. Yes, apparently. Which sucks, because he was their, their rotational three-tech guy. So they only have, like, one guy who's who can theoretically play three-tech in a Derek Brown, which is not ideal. No, just 100% of the snaps for the big boy. Yeah. Not ideal, not at all. I did see uh, I did see some Panthers fans online clamoring for K1 short. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. You never yeah, know with, I, the, with this Scott Fitterer run front office. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, it I guess it'd be good for like the you know the nostalgia of it. I guess I don't know if he's going to like really help anymore. Well, I mean, he's not a he wasn't a Matt Rule guy. He never got to yeah. play for Matt Rule, so I don't know. I mean, he technically like technically like, played for him, but like I guess it was like so what, a game or two was around here. Yeah, he played yeah. five games his last two years. He was here. He played three games last year and then two games the year before that. Like, yeah, I don't know if he's the answer. Probably not. Just going out on a limb there. Probably not. <laughs> Like he was very good in his last full season, but his last full season was three years ago. So like, and even then, I think he was more like he was a Pro Bowler, but I think that was more like a name thing than like an effectiveness thing. Like he had three sacks, in fourteen games. Yeah, well, you know, you never, you don't <laughs> always see their impact on the stat sheet, John. Seven quarterback hit. He has a lot of tackles for loss, but like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I think to kind of like bring this back to the the Falcons game specifically, I don't know if I have any confidence. Like, like on paper, if I were looking at this from like a neutral point of view, I'd be like, this looks like it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. But I feel like it's going to be like the the Falcons offense being pretty good-ish 
is going to be limited by the Panthers defense being good. And then the, how bad the Falcons uh, defense is, is going to be mitigated by the fact that the Panthers just keep tripping over themselves, regardless of how good the opponent is. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like this game is going to be a blowout. I'm just not sure which team is going to win, is going to be the one blowing the other one out. (laughs) I could, I mean, I don't disagree. Like I could totally see Carolina turning it around this week on offense, playing against a very plus matchup on offense versus defense and putting up like 25 points and looking pretty good. <laughs> I, I like could how also see them Sanders, scoring another three points. I like how the Sanders are so low where like the Panthers office could really turn it on and score three touchdowns tonight, uh, on Sunday. It would be an improvement. I mean, <laughs> if they're, if they don't turn the ball over too much and they, or if they don't turn the ball over and they actually score when they get chances in the red zone, I think their defense could do just fine. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be, like, shocked if that happened. Like, we've seen the offense, like, be mostly effective, like, earlier in the season against bad teams. It's just one of those things where, like, everything seems so broken that I don't know. Like, I think if we play, if the Panthers played, like, the Jets again, like, they probably, like, really, and they didn't even, like, weren't even super effective that game, but they probably, like, struggle to score two touchdowns against the Jets now. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey really masked a lot of their problems. Like, we need him back. Yeah, that, that would possible. certainly help. Yeah, because then Sam Darnold will actually throw checkdowns. <laughs> yeah, we just, and then maybe, just maybe, like, don't give him, like, 20 touches per half. <laughs> yeah, don't run him into the ground. <laughs> break his legs. I was, I was at the Saints game, and... Um, it was like approaching halftime, and I like looked over at the uh, like the, I don't know, like the banners in the stadium that show like the kind of like all the stats from the game and the stats from like around the league, and it was like Christian McCaffrey has like 15 carries and seven catches. I'm like, it is the second quarter. Like that is not sustainable. <laughs> like we're not even we're not even at halftime yet, and he's already. Like got 22 touches. Like if this were to continue, he'd finish the game with 45 touches. Like that's like, I don't care how good his shape he's in. Like that's not something you can do. And then he left the game. He was going in and out of the game with cramps. Yep. Surprisingly enough. And it's like, gotta be better about that. Yeah. You, you can't, you, there's no, there's no form of human preparation to deal with touching the ball 50 times in a game. There's just yeah. not. Yeah, he averaged, or at least he had, at that pace anyway. Yeah, he had 30 he had 30 touches against the Jets, 29 touches against the Saints, and that 29 touches like I said was with him like playing like half of the second half. He was like splitting like him and Chuba were like alternating snaps in the second half and he still made his way to 29 touches for the game. <sighs> I know you want to get your good guys touches, but like you got. I feel like you got to like look at what like the Saints do with Kamara, or um, you know, something like that. As more of a. Well, I mean, the Bears. The Bears are a good case study because uh, once they realized their passing offense was shit, they ran David Montgomery into the ground. And he ended up on IR for several weeks. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, uh, you know, there are other good players on offense, and you can also, you know, you can kind of help unlock your good players or your best players by making the defense account for your other good players that aren't your best players. Especially if they can catch. Mm-hmm. It's always good, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's irrelevant for the next couple weeks. Um, so, 
Hopefully, get well soon, Christian. Uh, we yes. badly need you. Yep, the the Carolina McCaffreys. We really need you back, buddy. <laughs> Who was it that said that? Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he was like, we can't be the Carolina McCaffreys as the Panthers proceeded to show that they are the Carolina McCaffreys. <laughs> as they proceeded to not even come close. Well, I guess they came close, but as they proceeded to not win a game without Christian McCaffrey. Nope. So let's go with the scoring predictions. Uh, John, what, what do you think is going to happen, John? Let's go with 17-14 Falcons. That was actually going to be my exact prediction. <laughs> I mean, it's a very standard score. So uh, I'll go with uh, 21 to 18 Falcons. Okay, give them give an extra like take a, add an extra touchdown, take away a field goal. Well, because I'm sure we're going to have either Ridley or Kyle Pitts go for a long touchdown out of nowhere at some point. So that gives them a little added variance to it. Yeah. So what is the. I always like look at this like over under and like favorite stuff. I don't like bet on sports at all. I don't know why I find it interesting. But uh the, the game's the Falcons, basically even. Yeah, the Falcons are three point favorites at home and the over under is forty six and a half, which to me seems like way too high. I like I know that's like NFL under over unders don't get like a whole lot lower than that, but I would not feel comfortable betting the over on that. ESPN's matchup predictor has the Carolina 51.1% winning with the Falcons at 48.5% winning and a tie percentage of 0.4%. So they have no legitimately no idea how this game is going to go. It's basically how I'm interpreting this. I um, would like to know. I want to see like this the 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 matchup predictors that like determine like come out with like this yeah it's going to be a tie. Like I just like this I just like that that's like put into the probability as if it's relevant at all. Well, it is for betting purposes cuz I think ties either I think ties if if a team ties and you're betting on one team winning I think it just kind of you back. just get your bet back yeah pretty much. It's push yeah, I do find yeah. it interesting that Darnold has actually thrown for more yards than Matt Ryan this year. Didn't realize that. Well, the Panthers have played one more game. Uh, well, that makes that makes sense. Then that him will... throwing for <laughs> less than twenty yards more is uh, understandable. Not as <laughs> not as impressive anymore. Yeah, it's like Matt Ryan and Sam Darnold are completely even in passing yards for the season. Matt Ryan just took six games to get what took Sam Darnold seven games to get. Oh yeah, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the Falcons average 18 more passing yards a game. That explains it. By the way, last little fun little stat. The Panthers for the season, I was talking about the point differential. The Panthers are, is 146 to 146 for the Panthers on the season. <laughs> Dead even. Uh, that's so Panthers of them. <laughs> Especially given like how drastic things have pivoted, like it's not like they're playing close games. It's like they're either winning by a lot or getting killed, and it's all just come out to being a net zero. Yep, that's that kind of just defines being a Panthers fan. <laughs> either doing real well or doing real bad. Really, no yeah. in between. There's we not are a not. Where... We, we are not a nine and seven franchise. No, 
We not we are all. twelve and four or six and ten. Twelve and four are better, or six and ten are worse, and nothing in between. Yes, exactly. You we either leave the season being like, you know what, that was a good season, or we leave the season being like, fire everyone. <laughs> yes. No in between. No in between. <laughs> the only in between being the you know what we finished strong, so we'll get we'll have a good year next year. After we won three straight games to finish six and ten. Yep. The classic, the Ron Rivera classic right there. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that about covers it on my end, John. I don't know about you. Oh, Anything yeah. else you want to share? Um, I'm, I'm good. I was looking forward to talking about how bad Sam Darnold is again next week. Yeah, I'm sure that's not going to get old anytime soon. Yeah. I'm sorry if it's old to listen to, but I, it's just kind of the, the hot button topic. Well, it's how Teddy Bridgewater was last year too. So, yeah, yeah, just stuck in a perpetual state of lamenting our franchise quarterback. So, but anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is John and Brian. Enjoy the Sunday football game. Hopefully, we can come back and actually have a little more fun talking to you. It is a Panthers Falcons game, so. We really never know what the hell is going to happen with those, though generally speaking, the Falcons tend to win those more than lose them. But hey, it's a new game. It's a new Sunday. So stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll have some stuff for you next week. Again, hopefully positive. See you.